It's the Lost Years Pod. Lost Years Pod. Running through this show called Boy Meets World is what we're doing. Sit and tell your friends who will always stand by you. It's the Lost Years Pod. Hello, and welcome to the Lost Years, a retrospective fan cast. I'm Tay. I'm Sid. And this is season five, <laughs> episode nine. <laughs> I kept wanting to say episode first, and that was incorrect. And so See, that's what myself. I did last week, where I yeah, had to flip yeah. it in my head. Also, if that just isn't uh, an indicator of how this week's going. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's fine. We're it's here. It's going to be fine. It's going to be so good. What are you nostalgic for this week? Dance Moms. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, a fun thing that Disney Plus does after I finish watching an episode of Boy Meets World is they give me a nice little recommended uh, shows. And a few weeks ago, I saw that Dance Bombs is now on Disney Plus, and I why <laughs> I have no idea. But I watched the show when it came out in 2011. Yes. Yes, um, me too. It was only supposed to be a six part documentary. Um, just I did ahead. not know that. Yeah. So it was just supposed to be mostly about the actual dance moms, which is how it got its name. And then the mm. dances and just like how they go through stuff. And me being in dance for years and years and years and like being around that environment and especially like competitive dance and all of their moms, like my family, my mom, my younger brother and I were like, yeah, let's watch it. <laughs> and then that was just my first exposure to reality TV because they said, let's just keep it going. Oh, and wow. like I, I had watched like an episode or two of like The Bachelor and Real Housewives that my mom was watching, but never like got into a show. And then mm. Dance Moms hit and we were all hooked in my house. It was very <laughs> strange. Um, but then I started watching it a couple weeks ago again. And I remember a lot of the dances, which is really funny, um, which the dances are like the best part of that show, yeah. if I'm being honest. Um I could do without the physical, mental, and emotional abuse of the kids, and I'm sure that they would too. Um, but boy, it's like it's so interesting to watch it because it feels very much in that time period of like oh, 2011 yeah. to 2017. And yeah, some you of the could not are, put that on TV right now. No, you super could not, not. In, the, in the form that it originated in. Absolutely not. Uh, and so yeah, I've just I've been going back and watching it. I last night was watching the season two finale. Um, where spoiler alert for this old show, <laughs> you get to watch Chloe win F and like beat Maddie and do everything. And I was like still crying this time. I, I was, watched it when it came out Chloe and I was crying. I was a Chloe stan. I was like, you don't treat that girl well. She is a very good dancer. Yes. Look at her legs. Yes. Okay. Okay. The girl got the Joffrey scholarship for ballet. Yeah. Like she was such a good dancer and was never given the time of day and was just like always put down, called a snake, like so many things for no reason. And she was and- what, nine? What, <laughs> ten? Like deeply messed up. Anyway, she's still one of my favorites. Nia's also up there. Nia. Um, oh my God. And especially Nia. because Holly, like I love her too. It was, it's fun to go back and watch it because I'm like, yes, all of my favorites are still my favorites. <laughs> I feel like if I were to watch the stuff that Nia went through mm. now as an adult, it would be deeply triggering for me because yeah. she was the only like woman of color. She was the only black girl on that team of all white children. Yep. And Abby really made it a thing, like so microaggressive and mm-hmm. stuff that like I can't believe Holly like kept her and it. 
she talked a lot about Holly specifically has talked a lot about why they stayed with Abby for so long, despite all of the terribleness. And it was always like, I wanted to give Nia all the opportunities. And like, as long as she said she wanted to keep going, we would keep going. And at some point I'm like, okay, but take your kid out of that terrible environment. But on the other hand, I understand it. You know, she She wasn't a lot of opportunities. She wasn't the whole time. Yeah. The entire show. She never left. Yeah. I was shocked. She was the only one out of the entire team from the beginning that stayed. They also had like the couple of girls that would like come in here and there and like how poorly they were treated to. And I was like, what is going on? The girl from Tall Girl was in Dance Moms. Yeah. That's so weird. (laughs) She was made fun of. But yeah, it was, boy, just the time. It's it's been really weird going back and watching the show, but I'm like, yeah, this was realizing this was the first real reality TV that I was like, I am hooked for some reason, even though that this is so bad and trashy. And I just found out on Disney Plus or like through Disney Plus that they have reunions. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. I texted my mom and I was like, did you know that? She's like, (laughs) when did that happen? (laughs) And they're really bad. Um, Yeah, of course. But it's funny because like they're in the style of like the Real Housewives yeah, and they yeah, have yeah. executive producer being on and being like, oh yeah, welcome to the reunion. I'm like, you're not Andy Cohen. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. So, yeah, yeah, man. I also really love Dance Moms. I think my aunt got us into it um, and it was like at a time where they were still doing like reruns of stuff on television. So we were able to catch up pretty quickly. But I remember mm-hmm. her telling us about it because her kids were in dance and I always really loved dance, wanted to be in dance. Was never put in dance, but that's another story. Um, and uh, we got very into it very quickly. And my mom was—I don't. She she felt very weird about the moms specifically, which makes sense. I don't know. Those they were like grown women always shouting at each other, and that was like it's very bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not not great. But it was it was for sure very good. 2011 was also. I was always, not always into reality TV, but I watched a lot of reality TV, even as a kid, like the stuff that was marketed to younger audiences, but also like, um, there was stuff on the end that I watched a bunch of, I was Mm. really into Flavor Flav and (laughs) I Love New York, which is so funny. Stuff that I was like, super shouldn't have been watching. Yeah. Um, I was like super into Next. I watched all of American Idol for like a really long time. So I was very into reality TV as a kid. Oh, why? We did, like, uh, American Idol and stuff. I think, like, competition shows I felt were different than, like, going around and, like, just watching day-to-day life and being like, let's see what they're up to. We're drinking at, like, 3 (laughs) p.m. Yeah, I was also... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And so I was very into a lot of random, like, reality TV for various reasons. Um, And Dance Moms and I think The Bachelor I started watching around the same time which is just so funny. Reality TV has always been like a really big market, but I was thinking, I was listening to a reality TV podcast today um, where they were just talking about the like various conditions of specifically Love is Blind. I was catching up on a podcast that I had been unsubscribed to somehow. And um, (laughs) it was just like, it's so interesting to think about really the specifics of reality TV and how it exists and why it exists and the ways in which like, Human beings have to be deeply exploited in order to make "quote unquote" compelling television. Mm-hmm. You know, Ugh. well, that I was I, I've done like a lot of video essay deep dives into how terrible Dance Moms is too, and like behind the scenes stuff, and like also just interviews with the kids. And there was one that I was looking at recently, just because of everything, where it was ta- it was Maddie talking about one that she just doesn't talk to Abby at all anymore. Like none of the girls really wow. do, besides JoJo. 
Maddie, though, surprises me. Yeah, but it was because of everything that she went through and she just can't do it anymore. Um, yeah. And she was saying, yeah, the producers, I never, I never thought that I was just the best all the time. But the producers, whenever you like sit down and talk, they would tell me to say stuff and me being nine, like right. I just said that. And yeah. I was thinking like, man, she was so good too. And yeah. it's so sad because she was clearly favored, like had the best numbers. But then it's like, then you're making her seem like she's just all that. And she thinks that she's all that. And it's she's a baby. They're all babies. They They're were all babies. All literally babies. Mackenzie like, was so Mackenzie was six. Mackenzie was six years old when that shit was happening. That's crazy. Like, that's insane. Oh, it's wild. I'm having a wonderful time watching it, though, (laughs) I will say. (laughs) Because it's just, I put it on and I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, this is awful. I feel like it only recently ended, like, in the last five years. 2017. Yeah. So, so yeah, exactly five or six years, I guess. But yeah, it it wasn't that long ago. <laughs> yeah, and definitely couldn't be made today. So what? it's a good thing that they stopped it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, what are you nostalgic for? Um, six the musical. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Yay! Uh, I picked this uh, kind of arbitrarily on you know picking yeah. things. <laughs> You're just picking things. Um, but I was trying to figure out if I had done this before, which is very funny. It makes sense that I haven't because it's only been about a year and a half, two years maybe since I got really into six. And then when it came to Chicago last year, I was deeply into six. Mm-hmm. Um, saw it six times here. Ha. Huh? I was trying to get more, but then the Tonys happened and everybody was buying tickets. Like after yep. the Tonys, it was impossible to get tickets for six. Um, and so I wasn't able to do do more after that. But um, it was very – and then I got COVID the week I was supposed to go try and see it, which is oh. such a bummer. The last week it was here in Chicago. I was very sick. But man, do I love Six Musical. It's just so interesting and tight. Like it's so rare to see – a one act musical these days and mm-hmm. the way that it is so just like it is both really good storytelling well-written music incredible performances and it's also just like really really fun like to have to have the whole show be just like this concert construction makes it feel a lot more it's like very approachable to audiences who are not very into musicals mm-hmm. and then also for it to be like set in a way that each queen has a queenspiration right so like a musical genre that they kind of fall into and mm-hmm. they play off of that it's just so interesting and i love how many different versions of the show are running right now i hope it's one of those shows that runs forever and ever and ever so i'm like never at risk of seeing it like it's already so big and i hope that it keeps being big i don't foresee it not being big especially since it has such a low overhead there's no costume changes yeah. there's no like staging different it's like so simple there's four music- musicians they're all on stage and then the six queens and then there's i think anywhere from three to five alternates per cast mm-hmm. um depending on like where you're at there's uk tours there's performance on a cruise ship like a norwegian or bliss i can't remember what the cruise line is norwegian's got everything <laughs> literally there's two tours in america it's running on broadway there's obviously a west end production was the original production and there's a tour in the uk which i think i already mentioned like it's so fun and good and I love it so much. And I want I, I love that it's so big and I want it to keep being big. And I will forever regret. I remember my cousin 
was like, Tay, you should check out Six. I think you'd really like it when it was originally like the the before it transferred to Broadway, but pre-pandemic, it was here in Chicago running at, I want to say the Goodman for a while. Mm-hmm. And with like the original cast, the like the original Broadway cast and everything. And my cousin was like, you should check it out. And I was like, yeah, yeah maybe. And then two weeks after, I just like organically like it, something came up and I was like, oh, I'll watch this. And I got very into it two weeks after it left. And then I was like, mm-hmm. it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. And I, what do I do? Yeah. So, you know, that's my pathological demand avoidance that I have to deal with my cross bear. But <laughs> I love six. I love how great it is. We saw it in New York. We did. It was really fun. I was so happy about that. I'm looking, I have a piece of confetti that I picked up from that yes. show just hanging on my board in front of me. And I was like, oh yeah, we did that. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I really love that. It's funny. I always love like nostalgic things that are still happening like today because part of me feels like, why do I feel nostalgia for that? But also it's like, it happened already. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's fine to feel that for way. Me. For the longest time, I used to be a person uh, that- You used to be a person? I used to what be. What are you now? <laughs> Sorry. Lost. I don't know. I really beat my mic when I screamed that. I should calm down. <laughs> I used to be a person that didn't want to listen to music until I saw the show. Oh, yeah. Me too. Because there's something about also just going into something that you know is going to be good. Mm-hmm. I'm into musicals no matter what. So I feel like if I would just go into something and then hear it and get to see it and everything, I wouldn't just associate it with like something that I've heard. Yes. And I could just experience it. Mm-hmm. And then... Mm-hmm the world shut down <laughs> and I was like I can't do anything and I would like to just listen to things and so I started listening to musicals but or <laughs> only then did I start listening to musicals <laughs> just then is when my musical session <laughs> began in 2020 yeah but even like a little bit after I remember I was on my way to uh, a friend's wedding like later that year it was like an outdoor wedding and I just remember I put on ex-wives and I never listened to it before. I was just like jamming in my car. I was so shocked about how fun it was. Yeah. Um, and I think because it's also a historical concert and everything, like people kind of associate it with Hamilton. And mm. it's very much not the same. It's very different. Extremely different. And you're right about the one act show. Like I love that type of vibe too. I just saw, uh, I just seen Come From Away like a year earlier. Mm, and so it yes, was really yes. fun because I'm like, I just, I love it's It's so concise. They yeah. know exactly what they're doing and then they're done mm-hmm. and you just get to experience it. But Six is a blast and all of the women are just amazing yeah. every time, no matter like what album you're listening to, when we saw it live, it's so much fun. You just pick up on stuff. Like I pick up on new stuff every time I watch anything about it. Mm-hmm. That's why I kept seeing it is because there was there were so many like that's it's really the reason why I see like anything that I'm very into multiple times because there's always something new especially with theater like there's yeah. always something new to see because it's live so it's always going to be a little bit different. I love seeing understudies. I love seeing alternates. Like all of that stuff is so fun and interesting to me. Okay, we have to actually talk about yeah, the episode. Yeah. Now. <laughs> <laughs> it's time. It's time. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to do the thing, but then I was like, we, we've just said it's time a bunch of times. Just go and do it. <laughs> I was like, uh, there's no there's of a pause there. <laughs> yeah, just do it. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Uh, season five, episode nine is titled How to Succeed in Business. Speaking of theater. Without really trying. <laughs> uh, episode aired on November 28th, 1997. It was directed by Alan Meyerson and was written by Alan Idelson and Rob Letterstein. Wow, these names. I know. 
Uh, synopsis is, Corey is shocked when Sean succeeds in his work-study job, and Eric is embarrassed by his mother's essays on love. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. I, oh, I remember this episode very vividly, and I like it a lot because of how good it is for Sean. Yep. Prelude. Corey sucks. <laughs> the amount of notes that I just have throughout he's, this entire episode oh, where I am so, so against Corey, he made me angry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's truly like just the epitome of white male privilege the entire time. And like keeping in mind that Sean is also white and male. But he's, it's different. <laughs> it's different. He's had a lot to overcome in his life. So Okay, just we, keep, gotta, we, we gotta, gotta do it. Yeah, we got we gotta do it. <laughs> Um, first scene, we are in a mail room. Corey and Sean are working, and while Corey is taking it very seriously, Sean is goofing off, copying his face in the photocopier. Corey says that's the exact type of behavior that gets you fired from the work-study program. Sean's like, no one gets fired from the work-study program. Let's try to have a good time. Corey rebuts, they're not paying us to have a good time. Sean shoots back, Corey, they're not paying us at all, which is exactly why the CEO of this company is going to get a photocopy of my butt. He starts to unbuckle his pants, and Corey stops him. They're paying us an experience. Sean replies, working in the mail room, and just then, an old man enters. It's Phil Leeds, his third time on the show. He's back. That was in the trivia. It was like, did you know that yeah. he's here again? And I yeah. immediately was like, yes, I know. I remembered this man. <laughs> he's not the same. <laughs> he's not. It's a different man this time. Um, he says, uh, you know, a lot of people in this company started in the mailroom. I began right where you're standing 43 years ago. Corey's like, you see that? Then back to the old man. And where do you work now? Man says, right where you're standing. Move. <laughs> Corey says, 43. Oh, my God. Sorry, mid-sentence, I just realized that this character's name is also just his real name. Just Phil? Yeah, it's just Phil. That's fun. They don't say it until mid-episode, but I just realized it from, because later in my notes, I'm calling him old man the entire time, and then later in my notes, (laughs) Corey calls him Phil. That's so funny. Anyway... (laughs) Corey says, 43 years at the same company. Wow, you must really love advertising. He says, advertising? Is that what they do here? Sean's like, I like this guy. He reminds me of me, but more mature. Old man makes a photocopy of his face, just like Sean. I'm going to start calling him Phil. Phil makes a (laughs) photocopy of his face, just like Sean was doing, but Corey pulls Sean aside. You know, if it's a role model you're looking for, there's someone else in this very room that you could look to. Sean replies, well, I don't see anyone else except you. Corey's like, yes, me. This corporate world is my very essence. And as I climb the ladder to success, I want you right there with me. Sean asks, next to you. Corey says, behind me. That's how ladders work. So Sean, listen and learn. Phil says, is that where you want to be? Upstairs with the big fellas? Corey says, oh, yes, very much. Phil replies, bon voyage, and pushes a mail cart to him. And that is the end of the scene. The way that the scene ends, I'm going to jump to the beginning in a sec, but the way that the scene ends where it's just this slow push of the yeah, cart. Yeah, so slow. So slow. Like, the audience is semi-laughing. Like, yeah, it barely because gets it's the end of the scene. It barely gets there. And by the end of it, I was like, that took way too long. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fun way to set up the scene. It's fun to see them be older in the way that now they're getting outside of school and yeah. doing thinking about new things. the real world yeah and of course Corey wants to climb the corporate ladder that just seems exactly his MO. oh yeah and it sucks uh especially <laughs> whenever he said like they're paying us an experience i was like that's the shitty world of unpaid internships yeah why are you shilling for the man Corey? relax <laughs> you're literally working male yeah <laughs> But yeah, I also thought it was funny. The man's just been stuck in the same job his entire life because it's one of those moments where I also think of myself and how like our generation likes to just move jobs every few years and how that's just him saying that he's been there for 43 years. I was like, that's so long. I cannot imagine 
there being is in the a- same company for that long. I, I, the companies that I've worked for, you know, great here and there, but like 43. 43. There's a man in at my job who was, I was uh, an editorial assistant and uh, it's basically data entry. Like it's so, it's so nothing work. It's like completely yeah. mindless. There's a man who I was in youth. He's an adult. He's been there for 30 years. And I'm just like, you don't want to do anything else. You don't want to do anything else. There should be like one thing that you'd want to do. He worked there when John Green worked there. It's a long time ago. It's a really long time ago. That's too long. Get that man to leave. <laughs> Literally. And I'm just like, you don't want to, like, there's no way you're making good money. Cause I would, I did that job. I, there's no way you're making good, sustainable money. So I'm like, what does his wife do? Because how can you be living this life and be like, this is fine. I can do this until I die? Question mark. Like, I don't I mean, understand like- boomers. <laughs> Is he, I don't want to dissect this man's life because he's a real person, but like, He'll is never he getting this. raises? Like, I'm assuming that it would have oh, to Oh yeah, just... we get raises, but they're terrible. Yeah, but like if he's been there for 30 years, like he probably started with a salary that was not great. Oh just yeah. Just like an average. And like now like now 20, doing 000. it, he's probably got some type of <laughs> like substantial growth where maybe yeah. it is just like, you know what? I'll just Substantial, do this. Substantial, though, in in relation to the economy, which is significantly worse than it was 30 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And related to everything else that you could be doing, like, He's been at that job as long as I've been alive. You should tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, are you aware? <laughs> it's just, yeah. I don't know, man. I can't imagine. I can't imagine being anywhere. Like, I've been at my job in different departments even, and mm-hmm. like different positions for seven years. And that's still like, what? Yeah. Why? Wild. Wild and crazy. Yeah. On we move. We are still in the office building. The boys are not upstairs delivering mail. Sean is doing it very casually and sort of chatting with people. But Corey chastises him and tells him not to make eye contact with senior management. Observe. He hands a man an envelope while just staring at the floor. It says, hi, how you doing? Nice loafers. The man takes the envelope but like shakes his head and walks away. They continue develop- developing is what I typed, delivering <laughs> mail. <laughs> but Sean stops at an empty desk with a phone ringing. Corey tries to stop him, but he says, hey, I may not know much about business, but I do know that when a phone rings, you answer it. He picks up the phone and handles the call effectively, ignoring Corey while he whisper yells bad ideas in the background. A man in a suit rounds the corner and watches Sean finish the call. Sean looks up and sees him and the man asks who he is. Corey jumps in with, his name is George Feeney. Sean stands though and says, Sean Hunter, work study program. Who are you? Man says, Tom Morris, vice president, Keller Marsden advertising. Sean says, oh, you just got a phone call. Tom replies, I heard. I like the way you handled Becker. Corey jumps in. I did too. Tom continues, my temp didn't show up today and I could use somebody like you. Sean replies, well, I I work in the mailroom with Corey. Tom says, well, I want you up here with me. He looks at Corey with just like slight disdain and then walks into his office. And Sean goes, wow, how about that, huh? Two hours on the job and look who's out of the mailroom. And that is the end of the scene. Ooh, a little conflict. Um, this was funny though, because I wanted to work for an ad agency when I was in high school and I was thinking back to it because even, it was even to the point where I shadowed a company, like an agency in Michigan for a career day. Um, Mm. we actually like went on location and everything our senior year. It was nuts because you got to get, we saw like a breakdown of what actually goes on just in all the departments and everything Mm -hmm. and how ads are made and because it's michigan we were dealing with a lot of automotive ads and just seeing how (laughs) much of it is so fake like 
I oh, know yeah. that it's fake, but all of the like lifestyle, like if there's a video of like a car driving down the highway, the amount of detail that they'll go through to change so many things, mm. like it seemed real when you watched it. And then I was like, you even make it that fake. <laughs> like <laughs> it, it blew my mind. Like I already knew that advertising was a little BS, but yeah, I mean, it's meant to appeal to emotion to make you buy or do something yeah so it's gotta be manipulated yeah but oh man anyway uh i did think it was very funny that Corey has this entire idea being the person who wants to like climb the corporate ladder eventually that you just like never make eye contact and you're never direct with people because that's like if you do want to do this networking is a big deal in the business people skills are so important you need to be like actually engaging with people especially at this company where you're just doing a work study like yeah why wouldn't you actually get to know people why would they pick you up out of the mail like clearly that man had been there for 43 years just working in the mail room and he was like this is vibes so like how are you supposed to find any sort of like upward mobility if you're like i'm not going to talk to anyone i'm just gonna hope someone notices how good i'm doing in the mail room yeah and then come get me like that that's such a weird it's it's like it's weird to call it entitlement but it kind of is i don't need to like talking to people or knowing people like they are just going to notice how good i am yeah absolutely weird yeah and it was just a a little refreshing to then see sean be who sean is and he was kind of doing it in like a bs way where he was picking up the phone i mean he said the whole thing of like if i see it ring like i have to answer but i mean he was, you know, just kind of kind of playing mm-hmm. the part and not so much like being serious with it. Yeah. And the fact that he then got noticed and then it was just like, yeah, he was like being himself and like yeah. actually just going through with it, even though Corey just kept saying this is bad or like telling him to stop the exact up. wrong thing yeah. to do, which surprise, that's just Corey throughout this entire episode is just saying and doing all the wrong shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it felt like it was it was just cool to see Sean get a little success. And he seemed like happy about it by the end of the scene. So yeah, it was he's always been fun. the more charismatic of the two of them. Absolutely. And that's part of the reason why like, like, even when they were younger, he's like, I want to be cool like you like, Sean has always been good with people. And that's why he is who he is in some levels and so it makes a lot of sense that he would pick up a phone and know the right thing to say because he knows how to like talk to and read people in a way that Corey's never really had to work hard to figure out yep so yeah man I I love that he's excited and he's like two hours on the job and I'm already out of the mailroom like yeah yeah good for you (laughs) good for you bud it is also fun because ad agencies and just like marketing in general you have to be personable and creative. Yeah, you're selling. Yeah, and so he just he proved it right there and then. It, it's just so fun because then Corey just played it safe, and mm-hmm. you know he tried to suck up to the guy at the end as soon as he figured out like, like who I was and, yeah. and knew that Sean was like doing a good job or like yeah. got praised a little bit. But it's fun to just be like Corey's left behind now, and I yeah. love that. <laughs> Me personally, I loved it. <laughs> I feel like a lot of the episodes are not. Corey dealing with that much conflict um it's it's sort of like Corey watching people deal with conflict or like sort of tangentially dealing with conflict and so it is it is very interesting to see something that is sort of like 
again, not really about Corey, but it is about him. It's like in the way that he reacts to. Yeah, like, it's affecting to him to where then he has to figure out yeah. how to handle it. And yeah. poorly. <laughs> poorly indeed. Um, so the next scene, we are in the Matthews kitchen. Amy is watching a tidy TV in the kitchen when Eric turns it off and tells her to get a life. She's like, what are you doing? I've watched a show for four years now. I've never missed an episode. What do you mean get a life? Eric says, I just feel like. I just feel that a woman like you should be out doing something productive. She rebuts, oh, yeah, what do you call raising three children? Eric says, done, hash, raised. Listen, Mom, I'm going to give you the same advice you gave me once, all right? There's a whole big world out there. You go be a part of it, young man. She starts, well, there is something I've always wanted to try. And he cuts her off, don't care, just go do something. She gets up from the table and says, thank you, Eric. They say bye to each other. And then Eric turns the little TV back on and says, she doesn't love you, Victor. And that's the end of the scene. <laughs> okay, point of order. Amy looks great. Um, in her overalls and her long sleeve, like gray shirt and her hair. It's just, it's a look. It's great. Yeah. She's got a lot of style this episode. There's another yes, outfit there's another like scene. later on that I'm like, you look so cute. What are you, every, where did you get every that? Out, whoever is designing or like is the costume designer for Amy. Crushing. Anytime this season, doing a great job. She's got like good mom style. Yeah, man. Okay. I did think just so rude that he just turned off her show. So <laughs> I hate the way that he's going about it. But I love that he's pushing her to do something and she actually seems determined to do something new. Yeah. That's just fun. The don't care, just do something line made me laugh in the way that he said it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I I love that Eric goes back to watching the TV because based on like how the the sounds that are like coming from the TV and when she's watching it, like it's daytime soaps. And yes. it's funny because I <laughs> I hate that I know this, but I know because it's Victor and it's a daytime show, whenever he said Victor, like that's that's the young and the restless. <laughs> oh, incredible. And so it was really funny because I was like, yeah, I know exactly. The same thing happened later on in the episode too. I was like, I know. <laughs> I know what that daytime soap is. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's very fun. I watched occasional daytime soaps. There was one that Kirsten Storm, I think that's her name, was mm. in. Um, like Xenon from, mm. from DCOM. I can't remember what it is, but she was in it when she got older. And I was like, oh, my God, what are you doing here? And then I started watching it a little bit. And then I immediately lost the plot. Oh, General Hospital. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think. Well, there's that and then Dirty Soap. Oh. But that was 2011. And I don't know if that's when you watched it. No, it would have been when I was a, a little baby boy. No, Days of Our Lives. Oh, that was it? Yes. Storms played Isabella Bell Black on the MVC soap opera Days of Our Lives from 1999 to 2004. Wow, she was on it for five years. Wait, from 1999? Oh, in 2005, Storms was cast as a character Maxie Jones on the ABC soap opera General Hospital. We're both right. And it's spin off General Hospital Night Shift. Wait, Wait that's, so that's really funny, though. She was on Days of Our Lives in 99? Yeah. During Xenon. During Xenon. <laughs> during the height of Xenon, she was also on <laughs> Days of Our Lives. And then she was in General Hospital. Oh my god, that's awesome. Xenon came out in 1999. That's yeah, hilarious. Yeah, I know. Oh. <laughs> I, that's so crazy. Love that for her. She was she was working. She was busy. 1963 is when General Hospital started. Is General Hospital still going too, isn't is it? it? Really? Cuz I mean, it doesn't say it has an end date. It when you look at it, it just, it just says, says 19 April 1st, 1963. <laughs> it's the longest running American soap opera in production. Wow. And the second in American history after Guiding Light. Guiding Light. Concurrently, it's the world's third longest running scripted drama series in production after British serials, The Archers, and Coronation Street, as well as the second longest running televised soap opera still in production. God bless General Hospital. 58 seasons. How 
in God's name did they make a television show that can last that long? Um, this is nothing, but I have Xenon Girl of the 21st Century pulled up. And <laughs> there's just audience reviews, okay? I'm not going to read this full review, but this person, Carlos, said, quite literally, a movie that even Martin Scorsese couldn't even create, as his microscopic brain couldn't create the masterpiece that is Xenon. <laughs> Honestly, so true. The cinematography is, quite literally, out of this world. <laughs> <laughs> Pun intended. It is as if you're watching each frame like a painting that only Da Vinci could create. Wow. I just kept reading it further, and it just kept getting crazy. <laughs> And you know what? They're right. The acting is so hypnotizing that you would think that you're watching real people in a real space station. <laughs> Speaking of which, the CGI of this movie is jaw-droppingly beautiful. Yeah, I'm so curious, actually, if the CGI holds up because that's an old-ass movie. Oh, my God. That's very funny. It's almost 30 years old. Why would you say that to me? <laughs> I just have to keep dropping it in whenever I can, okay? It's so rude. <laughs> Every time you do it, I'm like, shut the f*** up. (laughs) (laughs) Stop telling me how old I am. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, so the next scene, we are back at the ad company. Sean is sitting at a desk with a headset looking at, I I think, proofs based on what he's holding. Seems like proofs. While Corey comes along with the mail cart, he asks Sean how he's doing, and he says, well, things are a little crazy, but I'm handling it. Corey says, Mr. Morris is still letting you play assistant, huh? Slight dig. Unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Sean says, yeah, even gave me a little assignment. It's a toothpaste account, and Mr. Morris wants to know what teenagers are looking for. Corey goes, easy, bacteria. I just saved your job, pal. Sean says, actually, I was thinking that fresh be- breath is sexy, and that, and Corey cuts him off, no, Sean, sex does not sell. Focus on the bacteria, on the gingivitis, on the teeth falling out. That's the pitch. Sean says, I don't know, Corey. I've kissed a lot of girls, and I gotta say, I'm a breath man. Corey says, Sean, this is a business world, okay? I know what I'm talking about. Morris calls for Sean to do his pitch, so he gets up to go. He gives Corey one last look, and Corey says, bacteria. Sean goes in looking hesitant, while Corey looks pleased with himself, and that is the end of the scene. So part of me couldn't figure out if Corey was trying to sabotage, sabotage him, him, or if he was just dumb. <laughs> no, I I think he's just dumb. Like, I want to believe that he's just dumb, but there's part of me that, because he keeps having the, like, the little digs at him. Yeah, that's fair. Um... Mm. And maybe it would happen like later on in the episode if like this scene had happened at a different time where it sure. would feel like very direct of sabotage. But I don't know. I was torn between that because um, I could see it go either way, which also sucks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> neither. Neither is good. Bad friendship. I really do or love stupidity. Sorry. Go ahead. Sean getting his little headset and everything. And know, he's, he's being so cute. He's being trusted. Like he has his own little desk space. It's really cute. I did write down like bacteria. Corey, you are not a teenager. Sometimes I swear. <laughs> this is something that Sean would be very familiar with, as he says. Right. The idea. This is where I do think that Corey's dumb. I mean, he says the thing of sex does not sell. And I was thinking you are literally working in an ads agency. And that's one of the main things that is just in advertising and marketing is that sex sells um so it's very funny for him to just be like it does not (laughs) yeah that's why i think it's dumb is because Corey thinks very highly of himself and so i don't think that he would pitch an idea that would cause sean to fail because i think in his brain he's thinking he's pitching a good idea and sean will say that it was Corey's idea and Mm. like pull him up basically that's a better take on it yeah (laughs) because then it makes sense I'm getting ahead of myself, but it does make sense whenever <laughs> later when yeah. Sean, you know, flips it. But also, like, Sean has a really wonderful idea. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know. It was, and Corey's like, no, good. idiot. 
You're wrong. This is the business world. I know what I'm talking about. Like, what experience do you have? The fact that your dad just runs a shop? <laughs> and it's, yeah, the it's so weird, the, like, idea that Corey is just, like, built to succeed in business for really no specific reasons besides, like, maybe his dad. But, like, it's not like he works in the shop. Like, I was going to say, in the shop. Eric was there. Corey never really worked in it. We've he was never just seen kind of Corey with a job. Like... <laughs> Eric had he worked at the he worked at the grocery store with with his dad yeah um and then also at the the hunting store yeah and like we've never seen Corey with any sort of job or really business acumen barely people skills (laughs) like there's no reason he would know yeah the thing that would sell yeah in business world Okay, next scene. We are at Penbrook. Eric is sitting in class as Jack walks in and takes a seat next to him, but Eric tells him that he's saving it for a girl. Jack moves, and then Amy walks in and asks a girl who's, like, standing over said desk if the desk is taken. Eric glances up, yes, mom. And then Amy whips her head around as Eric realizes and says, mom? She goes, Eric? He's like, what are you doing here? Am I in trouble? She says, I'm in creative writing. He replies, but... This is creative writing. She says, oh, I had no idea this was your class, but you said to get out there in the world. So here I am back in school. Hey, maybe we can all have lunch together. Jack says, your mom's like so cool. Eric kind of chuckles and leans over to Jack. It's like, no, she's not. Then back to Amy. <laughs> Look, mom, when I said get back in the world, I meant like the mall. She says, Eric, I'm in creative writing because I always wanted to write. And your words really inspired me. I was hoping you'd be happy for me. He says, happy. I am. I'm happy. They sit down. He adds, who wouldn't be happy going to school with their mom? He asks her to at least scoot down one because he's saving the seat for a girl. And she says, gotcha. You won't even know I'm here. She moves down a seat and said girl, Monica, walks into class and sits down next to Eric. Amy says to her, oh, you must be Monica. And then leans over to Eric and goes, Eric, she's really pretty. Monica says, hi, who are you? And Amy's like, I'm Eric's mother. Eric is slouching into his seat in embarrassment. And she finishes, sit up straight, dear. He does. And that is the end of the scene. (laughs) I like this. (laughs) I really love that Amy's in school again. It's cute. I love that that was the route that she just chose for herself and was thinking that she wanted to do it and so she just pursued it and also that quickly Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i really like it i think jack is right she is the coolest i think the argument that eric made i was trying to figure out did he just want to watch tv right and so he just kicked amy out was that like the only goal there's another tv (laughs) there is it's it's in the living room like and why was amy watching it on a tiny tv when they have a tv in the living room no idea no rhyme or reason to this b story at all (laughs) the idea though that basically what he was saying is i didn't mean personal growth i meant stereotypes (laughs) yeah go (laughs) Go to the mall mom um yeah and then amy just embarrassing him was just the cherry on top of everything i'm just proud of her i want her to succeed and do what she wants to do I was thinking of the logistics of like joining a class in what seems like the middle of the semester. So I guess it depends on how maybe they're on like trimesters and it's just after Thanksgiving. So they just started creative writing. But like, probably not. It probably is just like, whatever. She's in the class now. Yeah. And it's not like it's. I mean, I get, can people just sign up for classes? I have no idea. Maybe in the 90s they could. Maybe there was a sign up sheet. You can just go to college and be like, hello, I would like to sign up for this one class, please. Because it it seems wild that everybody else would have to be enrolled and then sign up for classes. And And meanwhile, she just comes in (laughs) almost like an elective class. Yeah. Showing up. I just want to take this one creative writing class. I mean, power to her if she can figure out the system that way. (laughs) 
Like, I love that's what she's doing. The logistics of it are simply not there. <laughs> They're not existent. But you know what? It makes for a funny V story. <laughs> it does indeed make for a funny little V story. Um, but back to the A story, we're in the ad mail room and Topanga and Corey are hanging out on what seems like her lunch break. She goes, so then the Senator told me that he really liked what I said. And now it's going to be a law. Corey goes, I know what you mean. Um, why here in the mail room, I suggest that they start using self-adhesive stamps. Topanga asks, well, what'd they say? And Corey says, yeah, whatever. And she replies, Corey will work her way out of the mail room. Uh, old man, Phil walks in at this moment and says, don't bet on it. And Topanga's like, who's that? And Corey <laughs> says, my boss. She hops down and asks where Sean is. And Corey goes, you know, he's upstairs. And she goes, oh, Corey, I hope you're looking out for him. He really looks up to you. This is wild to me. She packs him goodbye and leaves. And Corey turns to the old man and says, isn't she cute? Phil says, like a young Nancy Sinatra. Sean then enters and Corey's surprised to see him. You're back in the mailroom. Listen, they shouldn't have put you in a job you weren't ready for. Sean replies, actually, I pitched my sexy breath idea to Mr. Morris and he liked it. Corey's confused. He liked it. And Sean says, yeah, I guess you're not the only one with good ideas. He leaves and Corey says, you know, I don't get it, Phil. All he did was pick up a phone. Old man is apparently named Phil. That's what I say in my notes. Phil asks, was it ringing? And Corey says, yeah. And Phil replies, he's a smart kid. And that's the end of the scene. Oh, first things first. Topanga working in government just makes sense. Yeah, it's very <laughs> accurate. A hundred percent. I also just love, it's really funny to watch Corey just be in this position where he's not making a difference. He's kind of just there just as getting, you know, the work done in the mailroom. Mm -hmm. And then you have Sean. He's actually like getting to have a say in advertising and you get to panga that's like talking and getting claws passed it's really funny <laughs> yeah it's probably it probably sucks for him yeah because he's like i am a failure um yeah and yeah it's on it's, some level i get the like pressure that would put on you you're right. like my best friend and my girlfriend are both succeeding and i am doing mail and everyone's ignoring me like oh absolutely. I actually yeah but also Stepping a dick. <laughs> yeah, I have it written down here of like Corey's just destined to be average with like a Ugh. smile next to it because that's just his character. Yeah. And that's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I am really proud of Sean for sticking to his gut. Me and too. And wanting to pitch his ideas because I think that would also be pressure. Um, because then he has to tell Corey about it. Yeah. Um, but he also just seemed really happy about it, which mm. was also nice. It's like, hey, I am like, I do have good ideas. That little line, though, you can tell that Corey is very much hurt by that. Um, You're not the only one with good ideas. Yeah, and just walks Ooh. away. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Um, which I kind of, I jumped this line, but Topanga's line about he really, he really looks, looks up, up to, you, to you. I think it's just a weird line. I, I don't know. I feel like it's trying to enforce the idea of like Sean, Sean, is Sean lesser. is like exceed, yeah, like he's exceeding expectations, and like yeah, he he's like, which is it's a weird way to do it of being like because there was already that moment at the beginning where he's like you can I you can look up to me I can be your role model and it's like okay relax like you guys are the same age you're in the same work study program like stop being weird about this but also like for Topanga then to come in and enforce it it's just kind of like a weird dynamic because I don't know what. It, it's never that's never been the dynamic between Corey and Sean it's always been Corey is trying to be as cool as Sean like he looks up to him yeah it's never it's never been like Sean looks up to Corey because he's so responsible like that's never been their dynamic so it's a weird thing to try to like push that right now yeah <laughs> right now just to like make it basically to like dig the knife into Corey being like 
well, Sean's doing better than me. Why is he looking up to me? You know, like that's really the only reason they did it is to sort of like twist the knife in, in the Corey arc a little bit. But like, it, it's just kind of a weird way to do that, I think. Yeah, I'm thinking about this scene now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny I said that there are like basically no more filler episodes in this season. And this is kind of filler because <laughs> none of this has any bearing on the rest of the season. But it's also... I, I, as much as we're like talking about it in depth, I do really like this episode. No, I really, I think it's a good one. Yeah. Compared to other storylines that they've had in yeah, the past. Yeah, yeah. Like this actually makes me think, and those are my favorite types of episodes. Right, 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 right. Um, I did think the was it ringing line is also very funny. So funny. <laughs> he smart just kid. hits it. It's like, yeah, he's smart. <laughs> just because <laughs> he the phone. It was the phone. <laughs> smart kid. Um, yeah, I, the last thing that I just had here was like, you can just tell that Corey is so butthurt about his friend's success. And that's just, that threw me because he's always been so supportive of Sean and like wanting him to be better and wanting it. And so like now that he's finally having it, he just, he gets upset and that just doesn't make sense to me either. But like, I understand it to some degree because there's that feeling of like, you also want to have success, but Mm -hmm. it's because... It, it's just because it's like against Sean being yeah. successful that I really hate it because they want him to be like lesser or he wants him to be like lesser than him. Right. And I feel like bad. Corey <laughs> feels like Sean is being success- successful at the expense of his success, which right. is not the case. No. Like Sean is being successful on his own accord and not to like spite Corey because he doesn't care about this in the same way. And I think that's probably also the thing that bothers him is like, you don't even care. Like, you just like did that for fun and it's just falling in your lap. But like Corey also wants it to fall into his lap. Yeah, He's just, just in a mad different it way. fell into Sean's lap <laughs> and not his lap. So it's like, I don't know. There's so many reasons why Corey's like deeply wrong in this and he should just be supportive of his friend and he's just like being a bad friend. He's just being a bad friend the entire episode. Yeah. And thinking back to the entire beginning of the episode, he's telling Sean all of the things that he would do. Sean does the opposite. And like, those are seen as the good ideas. So it's like, you can't get mad when you literally were like, no, don't do that. Don't do this thing. Don't do this thing. And he does it. Somehow it worked. Like they appreciated it, Corey. It's all like feeding into his like um, perception of himself, right? Because he's like, well, I wouldn't have done those things, but Sean did them and it made him successful. So why is that the case? And so then that's like a constant like negative feedback loop of I feel like I should be being successful but Sean's being successful but Sean's doing all the opposite things that I would do so why am I not why am I like thinking I should be successful when it's all it's like constant like (laughs) you know what I mean yeah it's yeah well and it doesn't seem like he would change his ways you know so it's like don't be upset he still thinks he's right yeah yeah you can't be upset when it's not something that you would do like yeah Take a chance. I don't know. <laughs> Be bold. Do something. <laughs> take a chance. Make it. Make a change. And get break away. Okay. Um. Okay. So the next scene's pretty short. We are back in creative writing. Eric finishes dramatically reading his piece for class. It's, it's fine. People clap, and then it's Amy's turn. She's wearing such a cute outfit here. This mm-hmm. is the like the it's like a, a like overall sort of plaid dress, and then like a brown short sleeve turtleneck, like mock neck shirt. She's so cute. I love. I love, I love. Um, She starts A Young Married Woman by Amy Matthews. Eric snorts and whispers to Jack, this is great, a thousand words on Dryerland. She starts reading what is essentially a dramatic recounting of her wedding night with Alan, much to Eric's dismay. He starts mildly freaking out, and and that's the end of the scene. Yeah, so I also had that Amy's outfit is perfect. Um, Just my goodness. I love that Monica and Amy were just like sitting next to each other and were buds. (laughs) 
Yeah, she's like just fits talking. in with the class very easily, and I yeah. love that. I think that's so cute. And it's so funny because nice. Eric is just so uncomfy with everything and just doesn't yeah. want this to be happening. And Amy's having the time of her life. She's vibing. <laughs> she's having a great um, time. People like her. It's cute. It's great. Um, and it's fun because like you don't we haven't seen Amy doing something outside of being at their house mm-hmm. and like being a mom for many seasons now mm-hmm. because her job kept changing and then she just wasn't didn't have going one. to work. <laughs> yeah. Um and so it's fun to just see her in a new environment and not just be a parent, but being a person. Um, the fact that she wrote like a sexy, creative writing piece was not expecting. <laughs> a, little, a little raunchy. And that was fun, um, which I know is the whole point because then Eric is also even more uncomfy. Yeah. Um, there's one line in it that threw me because she said that they were married at 19 yeah and i did not realize that they were just 19 (laughs) yeah this is established lore i don't know how old alan was but i think he was either 20 or 21 like they were very young it was it's like stated that they were really young when they got married um it's pretty wild yeah yeah i figured what was the title of the poem a young married woman or not the poem the the piece a young married woman as soon as she said that though i did think this can't this can't be. <laughs> and then it's not it was be about dryer. Let, let me just say, <laughs> oh, it's not a wholesome piece. Yeah. She could be writing some novels <laughs> with uh, with men with very long windswept hair on the cover, because that's how you know. <laughs> I had a book. Um, my friends, we we found like a dramatic reading of a certain romance novel i can't remember what it's called for the life of me (laughs) maybe i'll figure it out um but they bought it for me as a joke my 21st birthday and it was just such a piece to like have in my bookshelf of real novels real things that i enjoy and then just this really sexual (laughs) romance (laughs) and i never wanted to explain it and i thought that that made it better because people could just look at my bookshelf and then see that So just the just the one because really it's never just one right, right? you have it's the one like you have a collection <laughs> you of... get one it's a gateway into the entire yeah. community that you don't even realize exists until you yeah. start you're just like no I want more <laughs> oh my god I just had <gasps> rough and ready that was the title <laughs> okay <laughs> I was just about to text my was... friend about it just to see and I wasn't. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting the title to be, but it was not that. That's why oh it was funny God. when people saw it, because I didn't want to explain it. Rough and ready. That's What's on wild. my bookshelf? What were you going to say? Um, no, I was just going to say there was like a period of time where I was um, subscribed to this like book. E- it's like an e-books subscription thing that was basically like, hey, this book on e-book on Apple e-books or whatever, the like book marketplace was for apple devices um is on sale or free if you want it you can download it right now and so many of the books that were on sale or free were like smutty romance novels and so (laughs) there was one that i read um that was about uh it was like um (laughs) werewolf smut basically awesome and i was i was so shook because it was the first time i read anything like that but i couldn't stop reading it was like a car accident that i didn't want to look away from isn't that weird i picked up 50 shades of gray in a a meyer which is grocery store in michigan i saw it there um 
in a mire? Yeah, I just saw it. I didn't buy it. I was with my friend and we were just like browsing through it because we heard mm. about it, but we didn't know anything. Yes, and it was yes. like right when it came out, <laughs> just some of the pages, I was like, why do, pe- why do people read this? <laughs> there are some people that are genuinely so into it. Yeah. And that's the weird part because yeah. then I'm like, I get it. I, I understand that people have like desires and things but it's so weird to just think like someone's reading this and like really having a good time (laughs) yeah man this is a tangent 50 shades of gray is a well-known twilight fanfic but there's a parent did did i send you a tiktok or did you send me a tiktok i just see it no it was all of the different forms of twilight fanfic that is like actively published no. <laughs> There's like a lot of very published novels that are known as Twilight, that started as Twilight fanfic of like wow. different names that have been renamed and, and published, like really published. And I'm like, that's wild. I'll see if I can find it and I'll send it to you. But it, it's it, it's like a lot. It's like a lot of books. There's like a lot of books out there that started as Twilight fanfic. Oh <laughs> it's kind of insane. Um, After that tangent, I don't know how much of that's going to stay in the podcast. I don't either. That'll be a fun time to edit. <laughs> okay, so the next scene, we are back in the ad office. Corey is delivering more mail when Sean's desk phone rings. He looks around and after not seeing anyone nearby, sits down and answers the phone. Absolutely bungles the interaction and they hang up as Tom Morris rounds the corner and asks who it was. Corey stands nervously and goes, uh, that was Mr. Davis from Brock Toys. He starts pushing the mail cart away to like to get away, but Tom follows. Well, what did he want? Corey stops. Well, he said something about moving his account to another agency. Hey, why don't I do a lunch run, huh? Falafel? Morris ignores this as Sean walks up and asks him to get Davis back on the phone. Sean goes to do that as Corey starts, uh, Mr. Morris, but Tom cuts him off. Look, nothing personal, but maybe this isn't the right place for you. You'd better pack your things. Sean says, I have Mr. Davis online too. And Tom starts to walk back to his office, but Corey goes, sir, what am I supposed to do? Tom says, well, not everybody's cut out for the business world. He goes, Sean starts to follow, but before he does, he says, Corey... I'm sorry. And that's the end of the scene. Corey got fired. He got fired for sucking. That's really, I know it's supposed to be sad. It's kind of fun. It's kind of funny. I kind of want him to just have a consequence and then be affected by it. Yeah. No, literally. Because <laughs> um, when is that the case? <laughs> um, this is him meeting the business world. How fun is that? Yeah. Sometimes you get fired in the business world, bud. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting because, you know, Corey all of a sudden has these big ideas. Like, he never would have answered the phone. He is taking the initiative to then just, like, change. <laughs> like, if Sean can do it, I can do it. Um, and the way that he talks almost mimics what Sean said at the beginning, but, but he's poorly. not doing it in the right way. Yeah, um, yeah. Because, again, he doesn't have the same type of people skills that Sean also Charisma. has. Charisma, yeah. Um, he doesn't have the riz. <laughs> he doesn't have the riz. Yeah. And so, it, I don't know. It's just fun because, I mean, obviously, you never want to lose a client, but I like having Corey have to face this now mm-hmm. and understand. And, like, Sean is doing all of his business things, like, got him back on the phone. He did that really quietly. I don't know how he did. He just, yeah. like, whispered, Mr. Davis. Mr. Davis, please just talk to just talk to Tom, please. Okay, one second. Yeah. <laughs> because we don't hear any of that happening. He's just like, I have Mr. Davis online too. And he's like, Did you telepathically ask him I, to take the phone call? 
I, what I thought was interesting too is Sean's wardrobe has changed. Oh my god, slightly, I know. And it just seems a little bit more professional. And he has like he's a got shirt a little, tucked in. Yes, he's got his tucked in shirt. He's wearing a button up. He's got a belt on, some nice pants. We're just so happy for like I'm so happy. He's for putting him. in effort in yes. a way that it's like we've talked about how much we like to like see when Sean is like very into something you can tell that he's putting effort into it and, and he's very one, obviously doing that it's nice uh and it just <laughs> we'll get there never mind <laughs> as much as say something i'm like i can't we're literally going to talk about it later we're on. literally going to talk about it um actually on that note we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come back and talk about it. episode five nine how to succeed in business right after this <laughs> Hello, everybody. It's Sid. Welcome to the mid-roll, the spot where we do announcements, featured ads, and anything else that we want to talk about. First things first, if you like our show and any of the others on the network, please consider backing us at patreon.com slash the scavengers network. For just $2 a month, you can get access to hours and hours of bonus content, and every donation helps support us and the network. And speaking of bonus content, um, this episode that we recorded ended up being nearly two hours long. Uh, there were a lot of things that we cut from talking about dance moms further to talking about uh, <laughs> like romance novels and soap operas and Six the Musical just further in depth. Uh, and they were all really fun things. But, you know, for the sake of this episode, we trimmed it down. Um, but I am going to edit a little thing together and we're going to throw it on the uh, Scavengers Network Patreon so if you'd like to listen to that nearly two hour long episode, you can go to patreon.com slash the scavengers network and we'll have it up there soon. It's pretty fun, in my opinion. Um, I'm keeping this mid-roll pretty short and sweet. That is the general theme of them lately. Uh, so if you don't have water nearby, you should go get some. And why don't you get a little snack while you're at it to treat yourself? Because you know what? You deserve it. Thank you for joining us. Let's get back to the episode. Do you wish your life was a little more spooky? Hi, everybody. My name is Jordan Reed. And I'm Lindsay Reed. And this is Spooky Spouses, a podcast about ghosts and stuff. Tall tales. If you ever want to find out if a psychic is real or not, commit a crime <laughs> and then go to them and ask about the crime. Cryptid technology. That's why we can't find Bigfoot, because they don't have trackers. They don't have these apps that are like, here I am, going to the ice cream store later. Scary stories. <laughs> you know what you're going to do? What? Crap your pants. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Numbers in general. I just hear or see numbers and my brain shuts off. You can find brand new episodes of Spooky Spouses every week, wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Excuse me, part of the Scavengers Network. And we're back in the Matthews kitchen. Corey's in a robe eating what seems to me like nothing out of a bowl. <laughs> um, but it's something, presumably. Watching the tiny TV as Alan walks in and says, wow, somebody looks like you just got canned from work study. Corey's like, I did. And Alan says, you're kidding. It's it's out with him. Well, not every person is right for every job. Corey scoffs, dad, I know, but I was supposed to be the one to succeed, not Sean. Everyone knows that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, okay, I was shocked. <laughs> When it happened in the episode, and just hearing that again, just also, I, 
It's such a deeply messed up thing to say about your best friend in the world. Like, I can't. It's so, it's so weird. It's so weird and bad. It's like, you're just being a bad friend right now. And I don't, nobody, Sean deserves better. (laughs) It's crazy. Um, Alan says, maybe you ought to give Sean some more credit. If he's doing well, you should be happy for him. Corey's like, I am happy for him, but what about me? Yeah, okay. You know, if I don't succeed in the business world, the future of this country looks very bleak. It's so bad. This whole scene is so upsetting to listen to. (laughs) Coming out of a cis straight white male's mouth is like, I just, oh my God. It's so bad. It's bad. Alan laughs. Stop putting so much pressure on yourself. You'll know, you know, you'll do fine. Sean then walks into the back door and Corey's like, what are you doing here? Mean. Sean says, I was just having lunch with Mr. Davis from Brock Toys. What exactly did you say to him? Which is really funny because he didn't actually say anything that offensive, but it is very funny that Brock was like, or Davis was like so torn up about it. <laughs> um, Corey says, I don't want to talk about it, okay? If you'll excuse me, I was about to take a nap. Sean says, well, I just came by with some news that may cheer you up. Corey replies, I'm listening. Sean says, I talked to Mr. Morris and he agreed to let you come back to the agency. Corey lights up, really? Sean says, yeah, but you're going to have to take a drug test. They think you're a little wound. Corey's <laughs> excited though. They want me back. Flip transition to him, frustratingly dumping trash with Phil, the old mailman behind him. Corey says to him, this has got to be a mistake. Phil's like, don't tell me you're not qualified for this job either. <laughs> Corey goes, I'm supposed to be an executive, Phil, making important executive decisions. Phil replies, you will. Now, here are the deodorizers for the toilet. You decide how many to put in each one. I'll give you a hint. It's less than two. He starts to walk away, but Corey says, no, no, I won't do it. The work-study program is supposed to prepare you for life. Where's the lesson in this? Phil says, the lesson is that you do whatever they ask you to do, and you do it as well as you can. Oh, come on. You're a good kid. He starts to walk away, but adds, oh, don't take home the toilet paper. They check cars. He leaves as Sean walks up and says, Corey, what are you doing dressed as a janitor? Corey says, I don't know, Sean. You tell me. Sean's like, well, I thought they gave you your old job back in the mailroom. Corey says, no, this is my job. Sean says, you're kidding. Corey's like, nope. So that's the uh, toothpaste campaign, huh? Sean holds up the poster board he's been holding, and it's a nice-looking woman smiling with the phrase, got toothpaste underneath. (laughs) Sean says, yeah. Corey goes, guess I was wrong. Sex does sell. Sean replies, just a different way to go. Tom sticks his head out of the office and says, hey, Sean, I spilled my coffee. You want to get the guy to clean up that mess? Sean looks at Corey, and he says, I'm the guy. He heads into clean, and that is the end of the scene. I did a rhyme at the end. Um... Here's the fun thing. Going back to the kitchen, um, Corey is interacting like how Eric did with yelling Victor at, at the TV. Um, Corey really quickly says, uh, oh, Susan Lucci. Yep. Susan Lucci. She is on All My Children. And the funny mm. thing about All My Children, that's the other reference that I knew. And I was like, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. I just have this weird knowledge in my brain because I Very don't really specific. watch the shows, but I know things. Yeah. Um, but they were on the same network, so I also thought that it was funny oh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. they made that reference. Um, ABC, baby. I did think it was really funny that Alan just hit the nail right on the head without trying <laughs> you, to. You got kicked. <laughs> Corey immediately being upset, being like, I did. <laughs> was, <laughs> Alan's very, like, oh, I was kidding. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it was just a very, like, me knowing it, I think it's very funny that Corey got let go. Um, yeah. Even though, again, I'm supposed to be upset about it. I guess Are we? as an audience member. I don't know. Um, I think I would be more upset if he like actually tried and then didn't yeah. do well, you know? Um, but he didn't. He just assumed no. that he would yeah. be uh, hired as an executive. And if he can't 
get a job as an executive. This whole country is just this, coming to shit. Well, the future of this country is at stake, oh, Sid. Oh, boy. No, it's not. Um, yeah, I we talked about it briefly. That line is so upsetting about yeah. I was supposed to succeed, not Sean, and everybody knows that. Because there's so many times throughout the whole series, like this kind of, it kind of goes against Corey's character entirely because yeah. he's always been the one that is pushing Sean to not fall into to the stereotype and mm-hmm. not just let other people dictate his life. And so for him to then be the person that's doing that and just like enforcing the idea that everybody thinks that yeah, is just annoying. <laughs> it's deeply messed up. And I wonder if, I might. I wonder if Corey and Sean had not been at the same work study, and Sean had been con- con- succeeding in a completely different work study program. Would he would have been supportive? Yeah, yeah. Is it because he's he thinks that he's supposed to be doing well in business, and Sean is actually doing well in business that he's like specifically comparing himself to like Sean being the quote unquote screw up, and Corey being the like responsible one, and then like going against those archetypes like that. It's making him such a horrible person in this moment <laughs> well and i think if you look back at the beginning of the episode Corey was very kind of head down very into the idea of being into business world and sean mm-hmm. was very much screwing up yeah or, screwing around yeah 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 um and just definitely not taking it seriously so i get there's definitely that hurt so i feel like if they were not in the same spot it would be a different situation mm-hmm. um like how you just said um I do think Corey just needs to figure out what he wants to do because if it's not going to be here, like that's also okay. Mm-hmm. But also I wonder how that would work with just school in general because he's supposed to be like in this work study and then he got fired. Like how is he supposed to go back to school? Oh, yeah. And be like, hey, um, they didn't want me. <laughs> <laughs> Can I have another work study? Yeah, that, I don't think that's how that works. I think Probably you not. get placed. <laughs> yeah, yeah immediately as soon as sean comes in and he's very happy and him just being like what are you doing here was so rude in the way that he said it so mean don't take it out on him it's 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 so weird it's so weird it's so weird weird is truly the best descriptor for it that is you guys are best friends for 15 years like you can't i fully under there is a level of (laughs) (laughs) i'm not finishing my sentences (laughs) Because it makes me so angry. There's a yeah. level of, it is a very human emotion to be jealous of someone. Yes. It is not a human thing to take it out on that person actively and repetitively. If you are jealous, that is a you problem that you need to work on and you don't need to shit on someone's happiness about it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so weird. And this is coming from me. I am a known hater, okay? <laughs> I love hating things. I am a known hater. All of my fr- I clock in the hater museum regularly. That's my job, okay? <laughs> Part-time, but I do it. But, like, you can't... This is your... It's your friends. Like... It's your care best about your friend. Friends. It's your best friend. Care about your friend's happiness. Be and happy Sean, for your friend's happiness. Sean is actually making moves. The fact that he is, you know, actually trying. He's not just screwing around anymore. He's actually yeah. trying, and he's making a difference, and they're taking him out to lunch, and they're having, like, all these connections. This is such a cool thing for him. And the fact he didn't have to try to get you a job back... But he did. He talked he them it. into it. Yeah. Because he's just he's like schmoozing, which is because like definitely in business. You. Yes. And all you And you can't bother to muster up a little bit of happiness for your friend being successful. Like, come on, dude. I did think it was really funny where they were like, This is 
the the one thing that you have to do you is take, take a, a drug, drug test, test because they think that you're wound is <laughs> such a good like dig at Corey back because yeah. he is so just uptight and just like also, so fussy Sean, about everything and I love it. <laughs> Sean has the drug test with him and is like, here, you have to take this right now. <laughs> um. So then skipping ahead of the ad agency, I did think it was fun because Corey's always talking about like climbing the corporate ladder. He fucked up. He got demoted and then he's mm-hmm. like throwing a fit about it. Yes. Which I'm like, dude, what did you think was going to happen? They didn't even have to let you back in. No. They got you this thing and then you're going to be upset about it. And again take it out on sean even though Mm -hmm. it definitely wasn't his decision and he's Mm -hmm. been vocal about that like in this part he's like wait you're not i thought you're not back in the mail mail job yeah you don't need to be snippy with him specifically and anyway and phil um, too phil being like the lesson is you do whatever they ask you to do and you do it as well as you can he's telling he's been here for 40 years like oh man it, oh, throwing a fit is such a good way to put it too because it's exactly what he's doing he's being a pissy little baby about it like yeah it probably sucks to be a janitor but you could be doing nothing instead also the people that okay the people that are janitors also do some awesome work because like yes. genuinely they don't it's have to do so that. hard it's so hard to be a janitor i could never be a janitor i hate cleaning no. like that i and absolutely you have to clean hate it so specifically you're taking for granted any person that has that job and he's personifying just everything that is so fucked up honestly with america just like the entitlement (laughs) because it's like people have to do these jobs and like you're just in this position now and you just have to deal with it like work your way up if that's actually what you want to do yeah oh man anyway the fun (laughs) spin of it them just doing a got milk (laughs) ripoff yeah (laughs) was very funny got do this um (laughs) definitely illegal (laughs) um but that made me also think about how that was such a huge campaign just because of Big Dairy. <laughs> yes, Big Dairy. They painted the white on their lips, like on the top of the lips. It was not yes. milk. Like they did that purposefully just milk so mustache. you would have the idea of the milk mustache. It's it not was a thing. so, oh my God, that was such a massive thing. And then when when it was revealed that like a lot of people are lactose intolerant. Yes. And cannot do milk. And the yes. only reason, and it's not, you don't need milk past like when you're a baby. And the milk you get from like when you're a baby is not traditional milk. You're not getting traditional yes. milk from like your mom's breasts. Okay. Like that's, it's different. <laughs> it's got different stuff in it. And same with formula. Like that's not traditional. Yeah. And so for it to be this whole big campaign of like, the, and, and honestly, I just realized the like, that's bigger picture shit. From like this is an advertising agency that it's yes. like God, oh. yes. Um, <laughs> I didn't and finish that's a single sentence, <laughs> but I got what you meant. Um, yeah. But that's also what's funny with the Got Milk campaign specifically because they had so many teens yes. that like they were celebrities that everybody was doing it, and so mm-hmm. it became this sports huge people. Force. Yes, and even down to the fucking food pyramid, like yeah, none man. of that is important in the way that we all were like taught. And especially with the milk, it was like, drink six glasses of milk. Like, why is my stomach hurting all the fucking time? (laughs) Stop drinking the milk, Sam. (laughs) It's just, it's funny because they're always like, because the weirdest thing, and this is just how the world works. They do this. Everybody starts to have problems. And then they sell you the products that will like help that yes, and then it's just help this your endless cycle it's, it's fucking so awful 
anyway, I feel like could talk about it just because it's an ad agency. Otherwise, for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's really valid. Uh, yeah, Sean is feeling motivated. It's unfortunate. He's excited about this opportunity. And by the end of the scene, he's like feeling bad for Corey. Where meanwhile, Corey should just stop. <laughs> yeah, Corey should just stop. That's the lesson, actually. Stop. Corey needs to stop. Corey needs to stop. Um, okay, next scene, we are back at the apartment. Monica and Eric are making out on the couch, and Jack comes in with Amy. When Eric hears her say, hi, kids, they break apart, and Monica says, hi, Amy. Eric's like, Amy? Her name is not Amy. Her name is Mrs. Matthews. He turns to Jack and his mom and asks what they're doing, and Jack tells him he was having trouble with his writing assignment, so Amy offered to help. By the way, the last paper you wrote, couldn't stop thinking about it. Eric says, because it was smut. (laughs) My lips quivering. It was filth. It was squeamy filth. Monica says, Eric, the teacher gave Amy an A. Eric says, he's dirty too. Amy says, well, I think he's really going to like my next paper as she's holding it. Eric snatches it from her. Let me see this and reads, an evening in Cape Cod. Now, this is more like it. As Alan touched me, my lips began to quiver. Don't you do anything but quiver? He keeps reading, oh my God, you do. She snatches his back and Eric says, mom, college is my time. You shouldn't be here. You should be at home. Raising your kids. They're not done yet. Amy puts her paper in her bag and says, I've been a mother and a wife for most of my life, and I've loved it, but I need to be more. She starts to go, but adds, and if you're uncomfortable with that, then you're right. I shouldn't be here. She leaves, and that is the end of the scene. So I really love that Amy's just hanging out with the crew. I know. It's Uh, so cute. (laughs) And she comes in with Jack, which I just think is really great. Uh, They got a cute relationship going. Um, I... Eric, the way that Eric's character is is so funny to me because he can be so dumb one moment and not know basic things. And then he will just toss around things like this is smut. This is like he just he knows things. Yeah. Um, And so it's funny to just pull it out in certain situations of like, oh, he's not dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Actually. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think Eric needs to cool it a little bit. It's really a bummer to just kind of tell your mom to go back to being lesser than her potential Mm -hmm. um and i really enjoy that amy is like but i need to be more like that's what i want and then i mean obviously like she leaves but uh i really like that this is moment where eric gets to reflect think about what he's done letting the emotional stinger get him in his feels and (laughs) (laughs) uh that's that's that that's fun scene yeah i cannot imagine me thinking about my parents and like this situation happening to me like it's funny for me to laugh because i'm also like it's amy it's fun mm-hmm. and amy and alan are cute but if i read oh yeah yeah a no, piece like sure. that about my parents i would be horrified <laughs> yeah it's i honestly don't think i would be comfortable hearing about my friend's parents having a romantic sexual encounter either i feel like on some yeah, level that would she- also weird like i'm in class i don't <laughs> i don't need so- this Jack is so into it, too. He's so into it. He's like, couldn't stop thinking about it. Why are you thinking about your roommate and friends, mom and dad having sex that often? Something about that is just don't stay right with me. I don't know. <laughs> so, Jack, something's weird. <laughs> something's weird there, man. Um, okay, next scene. We are back in the Matthews kitchen. Beanie <laughs> is reading Amy's paper and is making just like, mmm, like groaning noises. <laughs> I don't know how to describe what's happening here. He's laughing a little. And when he finishes, she asks what he thinks. And he says, Amy, it's some of the most provocative fiction I have ever read. She replies, it's all true, George. And he says, oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) Well, nevertheless, you have a lot of talent. I mean, as a storyteller, 
And she says, well, it doesn't really matter because I'm dropping the class. Eric shouldn't have to be embarrassed by having his mother with him. Eric, who's been standing at the stairs this whole time, says, you can't do that, Amy. And she's like, why are you calling me Amy? He comes over to her and says, because that's your human name. I reread your paper and I realized that you're more than just a mother and a housewife. You're also a really good storyteller and you should come back to class. And she goes, really? He says, yeah, if that's what you want to do, you should come back and you should really keep writing. She says, that means so much coming from you. They hug, and when they part, he says, your paper was so good, and I was so proud of you that I sent a copy to Grandma. She goes, mother? And Feeny says, oh, dear. And that's the end of the scene. Oh, boy. Um, Feeny being the one to read this is very funny to me because he does make those noises. Um, I don't even know how to describe it either. I was trying to figure out because he couldn't figure out. Yeah, it's just groaning. Yeah, but not in like a weird way. Like He's humming. Yeah. Mm. Like, hmm. Mm. Mm. <laughs> and it's fun because oh. he's, he's saying nothing and yet everything at the yes. exact same time. Yes. Um, good job, Bill. Uh, oh, yeah. I really love <laughs> whenever she just says, why are you calling me Amy? <laughs> I'm saying that's your human name. That's your human name. <laughs> well, she's an really alien. Um, and I just, I think, you know. Eric is right in the way that she's a very talented woman and I love Amy and I just want her to succeed as well and figure out what the heck she's passionate about. And this seems to be her outlet. So just go with it. Yeah. Sending a copy to her mom is Yeah, that's messed up. (laughs) Uh, And my my wonder is because she like then runs off and like I don't – did he – was was it payback? <laughs> was he it says something? it like kind of earnestly. And so I'm just like, did he not think that there was be something wrong with that? Part of me thinks that, I mean, when you're growing up and like you're proud of something, like you show your parents. Yeah. And true. she seems to be proud of it. And so yeah. he and probably did it stupid. not in a, a payback type of way, but was just like, yeah, I wanted to share it with her. Because again, he's dumb and can't. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't think yeah, about that fair. all the way through. But I love it, Feeney just being like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, man, this seems a doozy. Okay, so we're in the apartment hallway. Topanga starts to walk out of the elevator with flowers while Corey just stands inside as the door is about to close. But she stops it and says, Corey, I know it's awkward for you to be doing so much better than Sean, but this dinner has been planned for a long time, okay? We just won't talk about work awesome she <laughs> knocks on the door and angela and sean open it yay angela angela and Topeka do like a little cheek kiss and go to put the flowers in water Corey walks in and says a short hi and sean's like i'm glad you came and Corey says why wouldn't i come i was invited for dinner so i'm here for dinner where's my dinner sean looks at the girls and says Corey's right why don't we eat we hear a phone ring as they start to like serve themselves and Topeka's like aren't you gonna get that and sean says no it's uh it's just the facts and Corey goes oh they gave you a fax Sean doesn't answer. He walks over to Angela. Topanga's like, why didn't they give you a fax, Corey? Corey lies, well, at my level, they don't fax you. You just know. Another phone rings and Corey's like, what's that ringing? And Sean says, nothing. And then picks something up and hands it to Angela, who grabs it. It's all very suspicious. Corey's like, a cell phone. Angela says, the company gave it to him. Topanga says, good for you, Sean. And Angela adds, yeah, they also gave him a credit card. They, they both look down, like sort of embarrassed. And Corey goes, oh, credit card too. Topanga turns to Corey and goes, the company gave Sean a cell phone and a credit card. What'd they give you? Corey pulls a ring of keys out of his pocket and says, they gave me these. Topanga says, 
Corey, they look like janitor's keys. She's being very earnest this whole time. And that's because Corey, I guess, lied straight to her face. But it's very weird energy to be bringing to this very tense scene. She's like, what'd they give you? Uh, Especially because Sean and Angela are being very, like, they're cowering a little bit. Because they don't want to make Corey uncomfy. And then Corey's being really... Uh, intimidating and yeah. aggressive for no reason. Passive aggressive, yeah. Peg is just like, ah. Ah. Like, literally her voice is. <laughs> um, so she says, Corey, these look like janitor's keys. And he says, yeah, they are. I'm a janitor. Okay? It's all out in the open now. And then to Sean, I hope you're happy. Thanks. He turns to, I guess, leave. And Tiffany says, Corey, there's nothing wrong with being a janitor. Sean says, Corey, I didn't want any of this to happen. But it did, okay? I really want to enjoy it. Corey's like, Sean, no one's stopping you. And Sean says, I can't enjoy this because of what it's doing to you. And Corey yells, because it's killing me, okay? All my life, you're the one that messes up. I'm the one that cleans up after you. That's the way it's always been. Sean says, I know. For the first time, I'm doing something on my own. And it feels good. It feels really good. Corey softens. Well, it's supposed to feel good. You did great. I guess for the first time... I'm just jealous of you. Sean says of me. Topanga says, Corey, stop putting so much pressure on yourself. Everyone knows you're going to be fine. Corey says to Sean, I'm sorry I underestimated you. I'm real proud of you. Sean says, yeah, well, I'm proud of you too. Corey's like, for what? Sean says, well, you know, the executive washroom on the 30th floor. I heard Keller say to Marston that it's never been cleaner. Corey lights and says to Topanga, that was me. And that's the end of the episode proper? Question mark? They really rushed the conclusion on this one. And I'm going to be like, honest. There was just a, there was so much that led up to this, that yeah. the fact that it just ended in the scene, yeah, it didn't feel like it got resolved, even though it was resolved somehow. He just like admitted he was jealous, but he didn't apologize for any of the shitty behavior. Right. And okay. I got to go to the beginning yeah. of it. Go um, to the beginning. Sean and Angela. I just love it. My babes. My babes. I just love it. And what I love is it because Sean and Corey are tight that Angela and Topanga are are getting close. um, Or becoming tight. And that's cool. Uh, Just because I like like the girlfriends. That's that's the cool thing. Oh my God. I love it. Uh, What I love. (laughs) Oh, there's so much good Topanga Angela shit in the future. I'm so excited about it. Sorry. Continue. I can't wait. Um, (laughs) I really enjoy the. Sean's outfit here. <laughs> He's wearing like the polo and pants, and it just feels very corporate. Like, yeah, I'm a business. He's like guy. a little dressed up. Yeah, <laughs> I, and it's funny because that's what Corey typically wears and is wearing in the scene too. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sean doesn't wear that that often, if ever, and so it's just a change. Like he's just. He's just a new Sean, and it's cute. Yeah, Sean's cool guy. He doesn't normally dress like this. Yeah. Um, I just so many times in my notes, I'm like, Corey, just stop making him feel bad. Like, we've talked about this so many times in, in this episode already <laughs> in just different ways. But it's so, like he's being given these chances, and they're just acknowledging his success, and they're rewarding him for what he's done, as in Sean. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's just such a bummer. I, I think it's fast and like crazy that they're in a work study and they're already like, here's the company credit card. And yeah, that's wild. There's no way. Um, how long has it been? There's no timeline <laughs> on this at all. We don't know how many days it's been, how many weeks. It feels like it's been like a week or two. <laughs> yeah, maybe a week or two. How long could the work study program really be? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I I think it's crazy how uh, that's what I wrote. It was like, he's so hooked up with everything. Yeah. Um, that just seems nonsensical a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but Corey just... What I said was basically like lying to Topanga, I guess, about yeah. like his status in the company. 
Um, because which is kind of insane because it's your girlfriend. Yeah, and Topanga is just gonna be supportive. Like, yeah, that's all she's ever been. Yeah, I think it's it's like good that he's telling Sean how he's feeling it, like in this moment, and mm-hmm. how what he's viewing this situation as, and then like it's supposed to feel good to succeed. And I just I hate that he keeps making it harder for Sean to like feel good about it. Mm-hmm. Um because again, it's like he doesn't see success often and he's finally getting it and then now he's feeling bad and that's unfortunate. Um but then somehow it just kind of quickly gets resolved of telling yeah, him like how fine. proud of him he is and like you know, Sean also talking to him about like being proud and they're just kind of like, "Oh, and that's it." <laughs> yeah. It's I don't yeah. know. It's a good episode. It, it's just yeah. it definitely wrapped up so quickly. And even like Topanga is very supportive of him through all of this. Like mm-hmm. she it's mentioned here like, "Hey, you're going to be fine." Because again, it's Corey and his parents are like well off. Like he'll do well. Like yeah. it's okay. You're also still in high school. Like you're seniors. I know this is the work study program, but like you're not supposed to have your life figured out. Yeah, like, you're children still. Relax. You have plenty of time. You will be fine. You have like um, I mean, I assuming, but it's like you have college, and yeah. that's that's the time where you're like figuring out what to do, and as well have, as just living. Like you're not yeah. supposed to have everything figured out right now. Yeah, and you also have a very supportive family. Like yes. It's not, you don't need to have it figured out. And if you don't figure it out right away, you'll be okay. You have people who will catch you yes. when you're falling. Like, <sighs> Corey sucks so bad in this episode. And I really hate that they rushed the conclusion and did not, like, the only thing that Sean gets in this moment is an I'm proud of you. And he does not get an apology for Corey's atrocious behavior the entire episode. And, like, right. that really bothers me. Yeah. It's like they didn't even have Corey being like, I'm sorry for the way that I've been treating you. And that would have been so easy. You already shoehorned in this, like, reconciliation. You could have also shoehorned in an apology. Like, come yeah. on. I I feel like it would have been an interesting moment for them to just, like, not have Topanga be like, you're going to be okay. But, like, even yeah. if it was, I'm, like, happy that she said it, but I it would have been more interesting to me if Sean would have maybe been, like, someone to say, like, I don't get this. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And, like, them kind of be it ahead to the point where then, like, Corey would understand a little bit. Yeah. Because they don't have the same lifestyle. Like, they're not the same by any means. And we've seen it time and time again. And so to, again, just have it so quick and then, yeah, for him to just be getting away with, like, the shittiness that he was giving to Sean, I don't like it. (laughs) Yeah, it sucks. It's it's kind of a bummer of an ending for that reason. But, um... Everything else in the episode is really fun, if only because we get to see Sean be successful and that's, like, not rare, but, like, definitely not common. Yeah. He's always so. dealing with, like, hardships and yeah. this is a, a good thing in his life. He's constantly fighting for his life in the B, in the B plot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, end credits really quick. Creative writing class. Monica asks Eric if he's okay with his mom staying in the class and he says that he is and they talked and there will be no more revealing stories about her and Alan. The teacher <laughs> asks Amy if she'd like to read her latest short story. She says, I'd be glad to and pre- proceeds to start a story about the birth of Eric. Everyone gets the ick and Eric's like, hey, 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 hey. Just like as for everyone being upset and, and that's the end of the episode in full. Not the birth story. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Hey, we've reached the end of the episode. What was the lesson, Sid? Well, 
Um, Don't be, be a dick to your friends. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, that's one of them is just be supportive of your friends. Um, yeah. And like their successes and celebrate their successes and just don't take your frustrations out on them when it's not warranted at all. Like mm-hmm. figure it out. <laughs> It'll be okay. And like also just no two successes are the same. Like yeah. you could be really great at something and your friend is great at something else and they are not equal if like you have yeah. <laughs> those successes. So I don't know. One of, my, one of my friends said to me the other day, I was just like feeling real down about personal weird just weird about personal stuff yeah and she was like it's a very um uh cliche like affirmation but like the comparison is the thief of joy is like a very important thing of just like you don't have to compare yourself because it's not gonna it's not you're just gonna make yourself sad Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you're comparing yourself because there's everybody is different like there's no reason to you know do that and like it's very easy to say it's a lot harder to enact but like it's another one. Yeah. Don't be like Corey. Don't be like Corey, <laughs> just, man. If you've learned anything in this episode, don't be like him at all. I just don't understand why they wrote him like this in this episode. He's like such a little asshole. It's just like, it's weird when Corey is so, he's such a bland character for most of the time that it feels yeah. so weird to then just give him this edge out of nowhere mm-hmm. against his best friend. Like, yeah. It's hard to even say it's like out of character because what really is his character? Exactly. That's what I mean. Is like he He's doesn't just like kind have of anything, guy. and then all of a yeah. sudden it's like, oh, let's give this. <laughs> the, let's make this him juicy be story a really line. entitled, rude person to his best friend. Well, we've reached the end of the episode. Yay! <laughs> Yay! We did it. Welcome. Um, Only two hours later. Yeah, if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at The Lost Years Pod. We share fun memes. We let you know when the episodes drop. And we also ask what you're nostalgic for. The thing is, I did not post this one yet. And I would like to give people another week to do it because I just released that episode. Um, So again, I'm going to post it probably tomorrow morning um, from when we're recording this. So if you go to our Twitter and see <laughs> about uh what you think is the most uh iconic music video or what you think is an iconic music video so engage with it and let us know i'm excited to talk about that one though yeah that will be fun i'm also excited to talk about it yeah you can also email us the answer to that question at the last year's pod at gmail.com where we dream on the show you can also rate us and write a review on all the good places and subscribe wherever you get podcasts apple podcast spotify good pods chartable overcast all those places it really helps us out. It helps people find the show. And it's just lovely to do. It cools my home in the summer. Like an air conditioning. Wow. Like an AC unit. The reviews fly through my window and wrap themselves around my wrists and provide cool air. <laughs> <laughs> Am I doing smut? <laughs> I don't know. I think you got some ideas after this episode. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah. Thank you to the Scavengers Network for having us on the network. You can check out other cool shows like Myth Takes and Blink and You'll Miss It on www.scavengersnetwork.com. Dot com. You can find me on the internet everywhere at Taycrow, T-A-Y-Y-C-R-O is how you spell that. I'm on all, all, the, all the normal places you find people on the internet, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. 
Facebook. Don't front me on Facebook. <laughs> I was going to say, don't throw that in there at all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you won't be able to see that much. Um, and um, you can also find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash it's Tay Crow. Um, I've got a little bit more uh, free time before I have to start really paying it, like, care, like, I was going to say paying attention to, but that's not the right phrasing. I have a little bit more free time before I have to start really ramping up for re-ramping up for Maid of Honor duties um, towards the end of July. So uh, I'm hopefully going to be streaming a little bit more. I had a fun little stream on Juneteenth um, and that was nice. And yeah, so check me out on the internet. That's where I live. I live there. live there and that's where the ac of the reviews just hit us they fly through my window of the internet and cool my cool my core temperature down to a reasonable temperature they do they do fly through your windows Mm -hmm. like the computer oh i get it yeah you can find me everywhere um on the internet uh instagram twitter tiktok twitch that's all uh at sunsley (laughs) um i too not doing reign of honor duties but i the end of july is also gonna be crazy um so that that will be fun for us yeah i think so (laughs) um but yeah i'm gonna try to have some just fun things up once in a while while i'm enjoying the last little bits of nashville goodbye nashville goodbye nashville i'm happy to be out of you yeah i was gonna say we won't miss you Oops. I will, but in you'll miss in different parts ways. of it. Parts of it. Yeah. Um, okay. Hey, thank you so much for listening. We were like, this episode won't be long, and then it was two hours. I know. I like willed that into existence. <laughs> you did. You were like, I'm not cutting anything, and and now you have to cut some things. Yeah, for reference, because it's definitely not gonna be this long. Um, we started recording two hours ago. <laughs> Yeah, my, my um, little timeline's 156 and counting. So Jesus. That's okay. Yeah, I'm going to have a fun time editing. Good luck. Thanks. I think we were just <laughs> saying good night, and I was like, okay, that's the no. end. Of the show. <laughs> <laughs> we're making it longer. We have to go. <laughs> Until next time. Your day. Your Sid. Just like it's always been. What else do you need to know? Goodbye, fam. Bye, fam. Go to therapy. The Scavengers Network, creator-driven, community-focused, treasured content.